Hi there. Uh, welcome back to PH Expanded with Mike McDonald. Uh, that game yesterday was. Was that unexpected? Was it. Um, I don't know. Part of me didn't feel comfortable about that. Maybe it's because it's the winter and it was cold and we're Arsenal. And so I thought that we might be. Uh, the team that Everton rebounded against, or at least had a feeling. Uh, I predicted a draw, I just didn't feel comfortable thinking we were going to get a win. And I can't really put my finger on it um, because we are still coming off the back of some quite decent results. And the last home game was excellent, maybe the best game of the season as far as uh, what we're looking for when we watch our team, forgetting the result, which was good too. So... Um, that was really tough to swallow. Uh, for me, the sliding doors moment of the game was just the approach to the second half. Uh, because when you play a team, even though you're playing away and it's it's a smaller pitch, small stadium, intense crowd, even though you've got uh, that against you, this team hadn't won since September. And so even though they might be somewhat fired up to play in front of their home crowd under the lights, you can quash that and reverse that energy quite quickly um, because they are obviously lacking belief. They have to be. Uh, and so those first 20 minutes are crucial in a game where uh, the team is checking you out and thinking, is this the game that we can... Um, rebound uh, in and, and Everton were no doubt thinking that was this the one for them almost like watching Newcastle the other day beat Burnley um, Burnley let Newcastle start with energy and gave them that belief well I think that's where the game was lost honestly I mean the first half was pretty appalling apart from of course we scored and we're winning somehow but my goodness gracious me that first half performance was just tepid and it just gave Everton belief. So even though they went in at the break 1-0 down, they knew they weren't playing a team uh, that, that were there to be ruthless. That word that we also wish that Arsenal could somehow become, right? But we're not. And uh, we play on the margins. Uh, everything's close, even the games against the smaller teams seem to be close um, and we ride the line and so and we're becoming reliant on um, uh, non-open play goals uh, even though today's was a fine open play goal at, at least the feeling I get when uh, I watch Arsenal is, uh, is that... Uh, the set plays get me most excited, those in-swinging free kicks and the corners, we look quite good at, which, I mean, I'm not knocking that, that's great, we haven't been good at corners for over 15 years, so I love it, but, my goodness, for the amount of talent that we have on the field, the, um, the amount of chances that we're creating, or uh, energy that we're putting forth to, uh, especially against the teams that we should have more confidence then. That's what's so frustrating. Ah, okay. Well, we're going to move into a positive, so we're going to swing this around. Never easy to find 
uh, a positive to talk about after a performance like that, but there is something that's dawned on me, and uh, I could be uh, spouting a couple of conspiracy theories around during this podcast, and here's the first one. I wonder if the reason that we are backing off in the first half of games, or just not pressing uh, with intensity in any game for the full 90 minutes is because Arteta has a plan to try and have a very strong back end of the season. This is for the second year running, um, been one of the more crowded Premier League seasons with very little break for the players. And it would be true to think that uh, our rivals, most of our rivals, are playing in Europe, playing more games. And so we, with our one game a week that we're still sort of struggling with, I wonder if the strategy, and I'm not saying that this is the right strategy, I'm just wondering if this is what he's actually doing, is that he doesn't want to press in every game. Uh, He doesn't want to press all game long. He wants to maybe become a team that's a little more like that in the back end of the season where the places are there to be won and everybody's more tired and we're fresher because we've only played the one game a week and we haven't spent the first half of the season doing, you know, I think about Leeds and how Leeds normally have, normally, not this season, but they normally have a strong first half of the season and fade away because they're exhausted and they can't keep up um, that level of off-the-ball intensity that uh, Bielsa wants them to do. So I don't even know if that's a positive. It might be a negative, (laughs) but um, if we do have a strong second half of the season and, and become a team that other teams can't physically live with because we um, have far more energy, then maybe this whole thing will work. And I suppose that we're still in the mix. We are, even though this uh, seems so yucky after yesterday. Truth is, we are. And so it's still there for us. Just wondering how uh, this is being approached behind the scenes because uh, as a coach, I... I've thought about this before and had this strategy before that when it, in, in the high school realm where I currently coach, amongst other things, uh, it's all about the tournament at the end of the season. You play all of these district games and you uh, win or lose and it's just for seeding. It's just the American way, the playoffs. So those games you can, I mean, you can somewhat bin them if you want to. You can give half-hearted effort, focus all your energy to the end of the season where everybody's tired. You've had a look at all the teams once, just like in the Premier League, and then you go out there with hopefully a good tactical plan and a lot more energy than the other teams, um, and uh, and you you win because um, you've been a little sneaky. Anyway, all right, just wanted to uh, talk about a concern that I have uh, with Ainsley, Maitland, Niles and Samby and and the pattern that this may be speaking uh, of, which is that uh, Arteta seems to have this odd habit of getting players to a peak, or at least a peak of their current powers, not of their ultimate potential, and dropping them. And I understand or at least I could make some 
kind of sense as to why Sambi didn't play at Old Trafford. I think Arteta probably just had uh, that short span of time that he kept on giving the ball away at Anfield and thought he might do the same again. And I can understand the logic of El Elneny having a good game last season. It's not really my logic, but I can understand where he might have thought that. But maybe this is part of his overcoaching. Because the truth of the matter is, after our last home game, Sambi was one of like six or seven man of the match contenders. He was really, really good. And then he hasn't played for the last two games. Which I'm not so worried about the message that that sends to him. Because he'll play lots for Arsenal. I'm sure of that. He's just too talented not to. Uh, and And... We need him, in my opinion. But for the sake of the team, you know, we've the Elneny thing didn't really work at Old Trafford. Uh, in my opinion, I don't think the Xhaka thing worked. I, I didn't see enough positive out of it that would have been more positive than what Sambi would have brought. Not even close, in my opinion. But um, I know the Xhaka thing is a sensitive subject and some want to defend him. And, uh, and I, I appreciate much about him but I'm just not seeing that uh, it's worth it um, with him and certainly when you've got Sambi to a point where he really thought that he had a great game and he did and then he has to sit down isn't that odd is that really how you coach and the same with Maitland-Niles his best game that he'd had all season hasn't played since and they're not the only two but that's enough of that you get the point but it's just, I don't know, strange management. And if Arteta's trying to platoon people out of the club in January, which he may well be doing with Maitland-Niles, uh, making it clear that you know he, he wants him to leave um, and find a new club, I'd understand it more in Maitland-Niles' case, but in Sambi's case, that's not what's happening, is it? So, um, I don't know. I don't know, sometimes... Coaching is actually a lot more simple than the modern day coach with all his stats and coaching team and opinions and too much time to think about it because we're not in Europe. All of these things and, and we overcomplicate it. He overcomplicates it, thinks about it too much when in fact sometimes you just need to press repeat. Uh, and in the case of, of those two young men, maybe our midfield would have looked better over the last few games if maybe it was Sambi and Maitland-Niles because they were the two players who had um, been playing well up until that point. Oh, well, okay. Um, uh, the hope that I wanted to uh, point towards is uh, is January. I keep <laughs> heading towards January in my blog, and, uh, and you keep hearing a similar thing, but uh, on a different topic, moving away from the need, the obvious need for a striker, that's bleeding obvious, isn't it? Um, I'm wondering if uh, we are going to sign experience in January because of the reliance on Xhaka. And again, I'm just uh, being a conspiracy theorist here, but uh, when I watch Xhaka out there and he played 97 minutes after being out for over two months, and that's just doesn't seem healthy for his body. And I know he's somewhat of a robot and a super freak in that regard but uh, I do wonder if Arteta plays him more because he doesn't feel like he has an alternate leader that he feels that the team needs 
And so he feels like he has to play him. Because that was weird. To bring a guy back and play him for 97 minutes after being out with a serious injury. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. That's just really strange, especially for a central midfielder who's got to run the field the whole game, regardless of how fit that guy is. It just screams that Arteta just, when Jack is available, he can't see a team capable of leading without him. And so I wonder in January, are we going to buy some more experience, buy some more leaders or a leader, whoever that may be, just so we don't have to lean on Xhaka? Um, seems like it's Xhaka or no one else. For me, for what it's worth, I would have sold him a while ago. And, and what I would have done is I would have communicated to the uh, other players in the team who are capable of leadership that haven't been given that opportunity, that I trust them to do it. And, you know, we have all seen in the workplace that when certain people move out, other people move in or others step up. And then you look at that situation and you think, I don't think that ever would have happened if that guy, if that girl was still here because they wouldn't have had the guts to step up and lead because personalities get in the way and egos. And I think we have some players at Arsenal that could step up to the level that Granit Xhaka offers as a leader, but probably feel a little inhibited because of his presence and the fact that he's clearly the go-to guy. Sometimes you've got to move that guy out. Anyway, I, uh, I really appreciate you reading my uh, blog and listening to uh, the PNH expanded today, and I hope, I hope, I hope that after Saturday's game, that this is going to turn back around, and we're going to get a little happier and close the gap, and everything will be back on track. Right? Golly! Wow! Cheers. <laughs>